G'day everyone, welcome back to For the Love of Brick, a fortnightly podcast where I interview people from all over the world about their love of Lego and how it has influenced their life. This week I'm speaking with Kieran Jiwa, the master model builder at Legoland Discovery Centre in Melbourne, Australia. In this quite candid chat, we find out about Kieran's progression to become a master model builder and what his job actually entails. One of the things I really liked about this interview is Kieran's upbeat nature. After speaking to him for a little bit, you can understand why he is perfect for this job. A couple of things about this interview. It was recorded at the end of the first lockdown in Melbourne. And well, now we're in our second lockdown. So some of the things have changed, like their opening hours. So if you want to know more, just go to their website to find out. One more thing is this one is perfect for the little ones. So if you've got any little Lego builders around, grab them because this one is perfect for them. So on that note, please enjoy. G'day, Kieran. How are you today? Hi, Greg. I'm great. Uh, how are you doing? Not too bad. Now, I'm just going to jump straight into it. Um, so you're a Lego master builder at Legoland Discovery Center. Like, how's that? It's about how you would imagine, Greg. Uh, my job title is master model builder. And uh, my job uh, is to build and play with Lego all day, every day. How did you get into it? Like, what is your background? Like, do you have to be an engineer to become a Lego master model builder? Or like, yeah, like... Tell me a little bit about how your journey happened. Uh, you, you don't have to be an engineer per se uh, to be a Lego master model builder. I would say uh, the, the road to the job that I do now probably began when I was maybe six years old. Yep. Uh, I was in a, in a library in uh, rural England in a town called Retford, Retford Library. Uh, and I was on the floor reading a book, a Dorling Kindersley book great big book of Lego or something along those lines. And I saw a picture of a lady using a tool to put a brick on top of a massive Lego sculpture. And the caption said something like Lego master builders use special tools to create amazing Lego creations. And I thought that's it. Career decision made. That's what I want to do. And I think I never wavered from that career decision uh, from that day forward. That's always what I wanted to do. Uh, I told everyone at school that's what I wanted to do. And um, when it came to deciding what to do um, after finishing year 12, I, I, I did um, a Bachelor of Architecture and in Integrated Design at uh, yep. the University of Western Australia um, with the view to using that for Lego because I had read somewhere that Lego look for architecture and design uh, when they're hiring. So I went into that architecture degree. I told everyone in my university course, all my tutors and everything, I didn't want to be an architect. I wanted to work <laughs> for Lego. Yeah. And, uh, and then when I finished uh, university in WA, I moved over to Melbourne where my family was already. And um, I started working. I worked for a couple of places that were industry relevant. Um, I, I began by building cubby houses. Um, yep. I worked as a carpenter building um, these artisan cubby houses. That was a great yep. job, great fun. 
um, working with my hands for one for the first time uh, as a as a job that was excellent and then also I began teaching at schools and that's where I discovered that um, not only did I have a passion for Lego but also for early childhood education and especially play-based learning with kids so uh, when it came time to do this job it really kind of married all of the all of the things I'm passionate about together. There's the play-based learning element and interacting with kids and teaching them about what it takes to do this job. And then there's also yep. building and playing with Lego all day, every day. So it's, it's wonderful. I was about to say, wow, that is a long journey. And to have the determination from like when you were six, you're like, oh, I am going to do this. This is what I was meant to do. Like I've changed so many jobs in my career. <laughs> um, but the love of Legos, uh, uh, permeates through everything am i right yeah i didn't have a lot of it growing up but i think i've made up for that now <laughs> so you're a true a-fall and it was actually your workplace's fault um well you know like with an adult night right T tell me about that well we went there uh because my wife's like oh let's do the adult night it'll be fun and i'm like oh yeah okay well, lego yeah we built and so forth, and um, and it just re-sparked it. Um, and then I went and bought the Penguin Arctic Roller, and then um, that was the end. Well, the beginning. Oh, yeah, well, the beginning, but the yeah. end of my bank account. <laughs> I see. That's wonderful. What a, what a great uh, story. I'm uh, kind of honoured to be even marginally a part of that. <laughs> well, you're welcome. Um, my wife will kill you. <laughs> I know she loves it. Um, actually, before we go too far, um, we found out what your passion was to get you to where you are today, like to become a master model builder and so forth. But we didn't actually find out how you got the job. So my question is, how did you attain your job as master model builder at Legoland Discovery Center. Right. I've been working at Legoland Discovery Center for almost three years now. And I, I began working in what we call guest experience, which is direct customer service with the guests and interacting with children, playing with the children and uh, operating the rides and all of the things like that. So everyone that you see inside the attraction um, and then the opportunity arose to work as a master builder. And um, thankfully, just the stars aligned and I got very lucky. And uh, how were the celebrations that night when you <laughs> got the job? I think, I think my parents were very proud of me. I still remember to this day my careers counselling session when I was 16. I was in year 11 and I went into my careers uh, careers a meeting and I still remember the lady's name her name was uh, I, I won't say it for her <laughs> sake but um, I, I told her I was honest with her and I said to her I want to work for Lego as a Lego designer and she said to me that's unrealistic um, why don't you study engineering there's lots of work for engineers right now uh, so oh. that kind of took the wind out of my sails um, but yes, I definitely channeled that moment, I think, um, at that point. There seems to be a lot of that because I was talking to Brent Waller the other day 
I don't know if you know of Brent Waller, but like he was, I think like seven or something when a Lego sales rep came around to his school, came to his school to sell a set. And afterwards he walked up to him and he's like, oh, you know, just how do you become a, you know, a Lego builder? You'll have to become an engineer, blah, 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 just really blunt. (laughs) Wow. And yeah, he was just like, oh. How not to talk to children 101. (laughs) Pretty much. I'm like, and as I said to him, I'll say to you, have you found that person (laughs) and said, ha ha. It's a really common question that both children and adults ask me. The job that I do is a dream job for basically any child, I think. And so, of course, they're curious to know how I how I got here. And um, thankfully, I've learned from the mistakes of other people like, um, like the guy from Brent's story. And my response is, yes, it, you can do it. There are many things that you can do to maximize your chances or to start narrowing your career. I think if you're eight years old and you're starting to think about those those decisions, perhaps it's not the time. Um, I think that for children that age who think they might want to get into Lego, there are a couple of things you can do. Firstly, don't stop playing and don't listen to the people who tell you you can't do mm-hmm. it because they're, they're wrong. Um, secondly, work hard in school and... Um, if you still, if you reach the end of school and that's still the thing you want to do, because odds are the job that you want to, that you will end up doing or the job that you're really passionate about doesn't exist yet. So if you reach the end of school and you still think, yes, Lego is the job for me, then I would suggest to study uh, an industrial design or architecture or some kind of trade that helps you to work with your hands and work creatively and you perhaps use some, some CAD. Yep. And then, and then from there, it's all about um, persistence and not giving up. We live in this world now, which is really interconnected as you can see today, because we're chatting um, over the internet. And I think that Lego is a really visual medium. So um, I'm doing a social media platform. Well, I actually, I I think it's really admirable that you have such a great passion for such a visual medium that you want to talk about it in in a podcast form. And I think that that's, those are the kind of people that will listen to this are the people that are so passionate about Lego that they not just look at it, but they also want to hear and listen about it as well. I think that's really cool. Oh, thanks. Uh, Sorry for getting in there. (laughs) That's okay. Uh, What I was saying was, um, there are so many things that you can do yourself to just start doing. If you're interested in doing this thing, it's best not to wait for permission. Just start, just do it. And everyone has Lego at home. You can do things with Lego from home and then um, just keep, keep on working and keep building and, and don't give up hope because uh, people like the, the representative from Lego that Brent was talking about, those are not the people to listen to because we all have our voices and we know what we, what we like and we know um, what we're meant to do. So what's for you won't go by you is something that my mum likes to say. What's for you won't go by you. So if you really are determined to do something with Lego, what's for you won't go by you. I really like that saying. That's, I will remember that one. Um, it is helpful. <laughs> So my next question is, do you get training uh, to be a Lego master builder 
Or like, do you get to go to the Lego house? Um, training. That's a really interesting question because uh, the question is, what training does it take to be a Lego builder? A two-year-old yep. can pull apart those Lego bricks and understands the maths and everything of how it works. It's really um, more so the training that life gives you. I've been building Lego for as long as I can remember. And um, yeah, it doesn't take training so much as it takes um, dedication and a constant evaluation of your skills and how you work and how you organize things. And um, yeah, in terms of training, the only thing that would really take uh, something that requires training is the CAD element. So, uh, master model builders such as myself we use CAD programs and we use the the free CAD programs as well that um, that Lego and Bricklink offer yeah and um, and in order to manipulate those programs quickly I think especially my architecture and integrated design training came in handy with using those programs but um, anyone can download and learn to use that sort of software okay and so, uh, just for the listeners out there, um, what is a CAD program? Uh, um, CAD stands for Computer Aided Design. And when it comes to Lego, uh, there are several CAD programs that have come out throughout the years. The first one that I ever knew of was called Lego Digital Designer. And it was a software that Lego themselves produced and gave out for free. Yep. And in this program, it had a catalog of all the Lego bricks that they had available at the time. And you can drag and drop them into a virtual Lego model, basically making it so that you can build anything that you can imagine with unlimited bricks in whatever color you feel like. So that was brilliant. Um, I don't know that Lego still supports that software. In fact, I think they don't. I don't um, yeah. There has been a, a new CAD program recently by uh, the same people that run Bricklink.com, which yep. is now owned by, uh, by Lego. Um, but this one is called Studio, uh, S-T-U-D.io, so stud.io. Um, yep. And the great thing about this program, apart from the fact that they recatalogued all of those bricks into the actual Lego categories, uh, or the, the categories that appear on Bricklink, um, they also added functionality where you can add all of the bricks that you use in your model to a wanted list on Bricklink and then purchase all of them and build what you've designed for real. Um, yeah, Bricklink. <laughs> yeah. I assume that's where a lot of uh, that cash flow that you're talking about goes. Well, I've, I've actually been, well, not lucky, but I've sort of stuck away from brick because I can, I think it can be that, um, that deep hole. And I've never really built with stud IO or studio. However, anyone wants to pronounce it, but yeah, it's like, I, I, I I've done bulk lots, uh, <laughs> which is another thing in itself. Um, and yeah, just breaking apart sets. So like I'll build, buy a set, build it, or get a set as a present and then break it apart and <laughs> it just goes into the storage. Do you build a lot at home or do you like have your sort of own Lego room at home? 
seems kind of counterintuitive that I would build Lego all day, every day at work and then go home and want to do more. Uh, it might seem like work to some people. Um, but actually, I really enjoy building Lego as a hobby still on yep, the side. Um, uh, since I've always built Lego, I do have some Lego from my childhood. Um, I have also still bought Lego as an adult. Uh, once you get that disposable income, it doesn't seem like such a such a hardship to shell out your birthday money or whatever on Lego. Um, that's uh, the AFOL's curse. Uh, <laughs> but yes, I do still build Lego at home and I have um, a shelf. I don't have a Lego room. I have a shelf of Lego. Yeah, uh, it, it's you've got to put a, a cap on it or a limit on it. Um, oh yeah. One thing that I've done very recently, which I'm really excited about is to take out all of those boxes of Lego, which as a kid, I just mixed up and, and destroyed all of the Lego sets. And I've started to part out and take back out a set at a time. Okay. And, and so I'm rebuilt. I've just rebuilt a set from 1997, which I had when I was a child. And I think that's awesome. If you can rebuild it from the bulk uh, and, and kind of you, you get the nostalgia factor back again, and then you can recontain the, the set if you want to keep it or display it or even sell it. Um, yeah. There's a, there's a certain magic to pulling a Lego set out of the, the Maya of Lego that you've created for yourself as a child. Yeah. Well, I, I can't have that because my parents sold all mine. <laughs> Everyone has one of those stories, right? Why yep. do parents insist on turfing out the, the, the most treasured memories of our childhoods without consulting us? Both of my parents have that moment for themselves. And that's really helpful because they are now learning from that mistake and are not doing that with me, thankfully. <laughs> Thank you. But yes, I feel for you, Greg. <laughs> um, so do you have any sort of offsiders, any like anyone to clean up your mess? <laughs> sort the bricks. I don't actually, it's just me. I'm the sole master model builder here at Legoland Discovery Center, Melbourne, which means if I make a mess, I clean it up and sort it back out. Uh, it's my responsibility to both sort and clean the bricks as well as make the creations. Yep. Do you, cause you build in the computer, like do you build in the computer a lot or do you get to free build? Cause it's usually free building there to make the mess. It really depends. Uh, if I'm building something that requires a long amount of hours or a lot of detail, or I might want to change the colors or something in future, something giant and sculptural is always going to take a bit of design work to begin with. And that's definitely a great place to start. But if I'm building something that will take a day or less, then it, free building really has its advantages there. And uh, yes, you're right. That's what creates the mess. But also while you're building something planned, you'll always find yourself creating better solutions. Once you see the Lego in front of you, it manifests itself differently physically than it does on the computer. Even when you can strength test it on the CAD program, or you can see what the color is going to look like and render it. It's always everything. You should always be adaptable. I think it's always going to be slightly different. 
Yeah. Yeah, that, that's it exactly. I, I can understand that. I saw a picture of you the other day and it's, I think you were cleaning up mini Legoland, um, but you actually have to stand in the middle of it on a table. <laughs> how, how is that? Is that stressful? Uh, well, I'm, I'm, I know what you might've seen. Um, it's a photo of uh, what's called Miniland Melbourne. It's a giant scale model yes. of Melbourne that we have here at Legoland Discovery Center. And uh, it's my responsibility to fix, repair, maintain, and clean that Miniland. Um, it's a giant minifigure mini scale city with over 3,000 minifigures, over 200 vehicles, and um, it's got glass walls, but nothing on the ceiling. So it does get dusty. And as such, um, and things fall over, and sometimes children even throw things into Miniland. And so it's my responsibility to clean and fix those problems and to keep it looking really good. So uh, it's got lots of doors in the side of the glass, and I climb in there with my just my socks on and navigate my way around all of those minifigures in order to get to where I need to go. And um, the photo that was taken the other day and posted to our social media, um, one of the things that we've done in the downtime uh, is to, I, I have taken all of the minifigures and all of the vehicles out of Miniland and it's looked really derelict and then started from scratch and repositioned every one of those minifigures and vehicles having cleaned them. Yeah. Did you do a COVID shot of <laughs> mini Melbourne? Because <laughs> you know how it's all clear it's funny that you say that because other legoland discovery centers definitely did do that yeah um at that at the time that that was really topical i thought that that would be a lot of work and and i didn't do that but then we had this downtime where we were closed and i was still able to come in and work on it so um ironically enough i ended up doing that but as a as a different with a different agenda yeah <laughs> um yeah because crawling around in that like you'd feel like a like to me i just laughed at it because it'd be like you're a giant you're like oh, i'm a giant you know <laughs> yeah that's just me being a child <laughs> uh, at legoland we have a, a code system and the code for a child having climbed into miniland because yes it does happen the code is code godzilla uh, so so over the radio you might hear code godzilla and that means a child has climbed into miniland and we need to fetch them out oh that's brilliant oh. <laughs> that's it that's a pretty hard one to get into because the the glass is pretty decently high so it is they them. have assistance more often than not it happens yeah. more often than you might think oh really <laughs> parents going just get in there and i'll take a photo of you yeah oh exactly parents uh, <laughs> <laughs> and um so you've loved lego ever since you were six um do you remember what your first set was that's a tricky question because the answer is probably not i yeah. have had more experience with um sorting through all of that childhood Lego made me kind of discover some of the parts which were only only available in one set, yep. which has led me to believe I must have had that set. 
but um, sometimes I have no memory of having the set. Um, there are a couple that I can remember receiving when I was very, very young, one of which was um, a really collectible set these days. It's called Rapid River Village. It was one of the big cowboys and Indians um, bases. It's like the Indian yeah. um, center square. It came with a base plate that had a curving river on it. I definitely remember receiving that at building that and really enjoying having that as a child. Um, and I was very, very young. I was probably too young to have a set that big at the time. <laughs> so I have really fond memories of rapid river village. Well, that answers my other, <laughs> what's your fondest memory of Lego rapid river village. Or do you have another one that there are probably too many to count. I really, yep. uh, I really enjoyed Lego all throughout my childhood and it never, it never really went away. Like everyone, I have what we call a dark age, which is where you're perhaps you're a teenager and Lego seems to just take a back seat and you stop buying Lego. And then if you come back to Lego, all of a sudden there's a big black uh, space in your Lego journey where you wish you had the Lego that came out. I assume you have one of those, Greg. Yeah. Um, it was, well, see what I got back into when I think I was 30, Four, and so your dark ages is was, fairly long. It's a massive dark ages, yeah, massive. But again, I, as I said, I didn't have a lot of it when I was young. Um, I think I had the police station, and probably a couple of other little ones, but that was probably about it. Um, but yeah, you know, making up for it now. Is there a set that has come out during that time that you really wish you had at the time? Oh, probably a lot of the space stuff. Like there's like, I really haven't got any in particular, but there's definitely been sets that I've been like, what? I didn't know they made that. Oh, I wish, I wish they, I knew they made that. Like good example. Uh, other day I saw, um, last airbender, like didn't know they did that Lego series. Right. And I'm like, wow, that's sick. Yeah, so the show has become really popular very recently. I think it just came out on Netflix again and people have rediscovered it. And then a lot of Lego fans have rediscovered that, yes, they did do two Avatar Lego sets. at the, I think it was 2006, the same year that they decided to make SpongeBob SquarePants. Yep. And um, the method that they used to decide which one to keep going with was which was more popular, which sold better. Unfortunately, SpongeBob sold better, it seems, and they just discontinued that line. So there are two elusive Avatar Lego sets that are still out there. You can still get them for an exorbitant price. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I wish they made that as well. I'm a big fan of the show. Yeah, no, same. Um, yeah, not the movie, but the show. <laughs> <laughs> of course yeah, naturally yeah, naturally um and have you in your job have you uh been to the lego house in denmark or is that one of your aspirations to go there or i haven't actually it is a dream uh, the, one of the countries that i'm the most excited to visit is denmark because i've never been and I'm so excited to visit Billund 
and the other Lego lands, especially in Europe. And I would love to go to Lego House as well. Because, well, at least that's a uh, tax write-off for you. <laughs> you can be like, work. Technically, yes. Although uh, last year, unfortunately, I didn't. I kept all my receipts for all of my Lego. But yes, technically, that might be a tax write-off. Unfortunately, I haven't made use of that yet. <laughs> yeah, my wife's like, could you ever get a job in it? And then <laughs> it's like, well, <laughs> you never know. Um and what what are some of the challenges with uh, working um, as a master builder at like Le- Legoland Discovery Center? Like, are there any challenges? There have been some challenges with the Lego aspect of working at Legoland yep. Discovery Center. It's a it's a public attraction, which means one of the things that fall under my responsibility are not just to to manage my own Lego and to to stock the inventory and to make sure that I have all the pieces I need to create amazing Lego creations. It's also to stock an entire attraction um, for up to, I mean, sometimes it'll work into the thousands of people and, um, and it's my responsibility to ensure that they come into Legoland and they look into a brick pit and they can have a great time with what they find in there. Yep. So uh, the challenge there has been to order and distribute and maintain an interesting part selection throughout several different areas, which have different bricks and, um, and to see what happens and what children and adults can create out of those areas and to keep improving the brick selection in all of those places. So I think it's been a really fun challenge to see what people are doing with the bricks that you you pick for them yeah, and then adapting those brick mixes and improving them constantly to make it the most fun for visitors. Wow. Um, do a lot of bricks go walkabout? <laughs> That's a great question. Um, it, it depends what they are. Yep. Uh, we, we like to put minifigures into our brick pits. Yep. Uh, unfortunately, lots of people like minifigures, yeah. so uh, they tend to go missing faster than basically everything else. But um, luckily for us, we can we have the numbers to just put them back. Yep. <laughs> we have the resources. But in saying that, That's don't right. take the minifigures. Um... <laughs> yes, please leave everything here when you're finished. Um, it's great for everyone. That's it. Um so we've learned a little bit about what you do, but what are some of the other aspects of your job uh, as a Lego master builder that we wouldn't have even thought of that you do? It's a really vague question. <laughs> yeah, my, my job mainly consists of building new and exciting attractions out of Lego for people to come and look at, maintaining the existing lego attraction and liaising with the public on all things lego so giving out advice a lot of the time people if they're missing a piece from a set the odds are that i have it and i can give it to them out of the window straight away okay um and and i will never charge for that because one piece of lego what's the difference if it makes your day and if it 
if it completes the set that you're missing apart from, nothing's more frustrating than building a Lego set and having one crucial piece not there. Yep. Um, uh, the, my first piece of advice to anyone who's building a Lego set and discovers there's a piece missing, check all the bags because those those plastic bags that Lego comes in, they love to cling to the last little piece in the corner. Yep. So check your bags, check the bin. Uh, I mean, null all of your pieces so that you know exactly what to wear and sort out the pieces when they come out of the bag. But worse comes to worse, you build your Lego set, one piece missing. One of the things you can do is to send an email away to Lego. They're really good with giving you the part, but that takes time. And if you are local, if you live in Melbourne or if you visit the discovery center. One of the things I like people to know is that you can come and ask me for a certain piece. It really helps if you have a photo, yep. but you can come and ask me for a certain piece of Lego. Odds are I have it in the right color and I can just give it to you to complete your set. Yep. One of the other things that people are really excited to learn um, when they visit me at the discovery center is that I swap minifigures if you bring in your minifigures from home, you can trade your minifigure for a choice of the ones that I have on display. And everyone at Legoland Discovery Center, we wear Lego name badges yep. and they all have a Lego minifigure on. So you can swap with anyone here at Legoland Discovery Center. That's something we're really excited to do. So if you're visiting the Discovery Center, whether you're a child or an adult, bring in the minifigures that you have duplicates of or that you don't want anymore and walk away with some brand new ones. Oh, sweet. <laughs> Mental note. <laughs> um, talking of minifigure swaps, um, I saw you at Brickvention. Uh, that was this year. Um, is that a thing? Is that a thing you've done every year, or is it like something brand new? We've done it for two years now, yep. and it's been such a success that we're really keen to keep doing it. We call it the world's largest minifigure swap because we keep on building and building. And this year at Brickvention, we had 4,032 minifigures up on the wall with a big queue line. People bring in their minifigures from home and they can swap with any of the 4,000. It's really exciting. The wall changes every half hour because so many people are bringing new things and walking away with something that they really enjoy. Brickvention is primarily a, an exhibition for people to show off their work, which means it's less interactive than um, people might be expecting. Yep. Um, but one of the things that we love about doing the minifigure swap is that children can come to Brickvention and they can leave with something um, to go and play with. Yeah. So yeah, the world's largest minifigure swap at Brickvention is something that we're really, really proud of. Yeah, I saw it and I forgot to bring my minifigure and I was like, yeah. No way. Yeah. We, I did hear that story a little less than I did in the first year. We, we tried to advertise coming up to the first year, but understandably, there were a lot of people that missed out. Um, we advised people that, that forgot. They, there's a retail section of Brickvention, which means you can go and buy cheap minifigures and bring them back. But it really helps if you bring yours from home because it increases the diversity on the wall. Yeah. And it also lets you bring in the ones that you don't want anymore or you might have doubles of. Yeah, uh, there are, there is a workaround. But yes, we do want everyone to know as much as possible. Brickvention, bring your minifigures, you can swap. Them. Yeah, now I'll be bringing a sack next time. <laughs> um, and with building, uh, let's say, the 
um, oh, what do you call them? The bigger minifigures. Um, so like, you know, I think they're what, 60 centimeters tall on average. How was that a big learning curve to build them? Or have you sort of, cause I, I've seen them and I don't have the amount of bricks to build one, but yeah, like how, how hard are they to build? Um, what you're talking about are what I call maxi figures. Yep. They're a giant Lego brick built model of an upscaled minifigure. Um, the original design comes from a range of really talented master builders around the world, but the skeleton remains the same. So it's really a case of picking colors and nailing those small details that make up a classic minifigure. Like for example, the series one collectible minifigure clown, the birthday clown. Yep. That's one of the ones that we've built before. And it's really just about getting all those details, right? The, the basic elements of a maxi figure don't change because the classic minifigure proportions have been worked out really thoroughly by, by many people. Yep. So with the maxi figure, you said that there's, well, there's instructions. Are they just available for master builders or can you, can you find them online? When I say that, that when I say that the instructions have been uh, created by a range of master builders, what I mean is um, that we have colleagues inside the, um, the Legoland business that have shared their designs yeah. and we've really adapted those and perfected those throughout uh, at least a couple of years. So um, while they're not commercially available, yeah. um, they are, they are kind of well known. Okay, sweet. There you go. Just reverse engineer it, Greg. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, do you get to build a lot of the new sets that come into Legoland discovery center? Yes, is the short answer. <laughs> yes, I walked into that one. Uh, Legoland Discovery Center is both a chill, uh, is both an attraction and a retail store. And the retail store has those cages where they love to display the brand new set so you can see what you're buying. And as such, someone has to build the brand new Lego sets uh, for display. And a lot of the time that happens to be me and that also lets me build them on camera and do a quick review of them before um, I turn them over to be displayed in the retail store. It's really one of the perks of the job. Yep. <laughs> I guess it saves you from having to buy them. Um, that is exactly what I was going to say. If you built it once and you've gone through that process, it really does curb that, uh, what's the word? Just the inclination to go and buy the set straight away. Yep. Do you have a favorite that you've built? Like, is there one for that, the store? Yeah, for the store. Like something that's like stuck in your mind, and you're like, "Yeah, I, I'd buy that." So, where you plugged the most expensive um, one? No. <laughs> well, funnily enough, that is one of the things that I'm about to do. Yeah. Um, I recently built the uh, biggest set in the wave of Monkey Kid sets. It's the Monkey Kids Team Secret HQ. It's the giant container ship. Oh yeah, I've seen that. That contain it's a it's a giant folding base. That was a lot of fun to build because it has all of these fun play elements. It's really a playset for children, albeit a really expensive one. Yep. 
Um, and there were all kinds of fun stickers and new minifigures and new characters. And it's one of those new core Lego, um, it's a new core um, Lego theme, a new homegrown Lego brand theme, which I really enjoy. Things like Ninjago yep. and Lego City, they have that that real sense of Lego fun without being licensed. And that's something that I really enjoyed about building that set. Yeah, the monkey kid. Yeah, I've seen that and I'm like, oh, like the mech. That's that's definitely caught my eye. Um, but it's good that they've sort of moved away. Well, not moved away from the licensing, but, you know, they are having their own brand, especially with monkey kid because, you know, like, well, monkey king, there's a lot of mythology behind that in itself and there's a lot to draw from. But it's really cool they've went sort of down that avenue. Like, have you had a chance to build any of the other monkey kid stuff? So the Lego store displays most of them, but what we did is we divided those, uh, the opportunity to build those sets amongst many, many people. And uh, I just built the biggest one, fortunately, which, uh, which I, which I really enjoyed, but yes, the other mechs were built by other members of staff and they all really enjoyed them. I think it's cool that Lego have tapped into Chinese folklore while at the same time creating something that's, definitely lego and and seems really homegrown yeah it's a really fun cute looking sort of range like you know what i mean like bright colors and everything um and what's one of the highlights um because i'll I'll end on this one because i think we've been going for a little bit at least um okay what's one of the highlights of working um well with lego but at lego land discovery center there are so many exciting opportunities to both working with Lego and working for Legoland Discovery Center. I really think one of the highlights is, so recently, um, one of the things that I've been doing is a live workshops over Facebook. Yes. So every Tuesday and Sunday at 11 a.m., I go live on our Facebook page and I do a workshop for children who are at home and I release a photo of the pieces that everyone's going to need before the workshop so that everyone can gather the pieces and then we'll build up the, the model together. And then one of the highlights of, of doing that work is that at the end of it, lots of people send me photos of the children with their Lego model and they all really love it. Uh, That really does make everything worth it for me seeing the actual repercussions and the benefit of doing a job like this and inspiring children. Well, yeah, because I've I've followed a few of those live streams. Well, not watched them live, just you know, watched them after the fact. And I've seen all the pictures of the kids with their little creations, and it's just so sweet and it's awesome. Yeah, right. And so, obviously, that's a COVID thing. Like, did it spring up because of COVID, and you know, and wanting to keep in touch with the kids and give them stuff to do. Yes and no. It it was a, a kind of a creation out of circumstance. Yep. Uh, since we were close to the public and we weren't able to deliver that experience for children, but I still wanted to give them that. And we just sorted out the best way to manage to deliver the same experience that we're hoping to give to people every day without actually having people come and into contact with us. Yep. 
So while it was kind of uh, burst out of the circumstances, I think that it more so just delivered on the mission and the message that we wanted to give. And um, just because uh, we can't have people in the attraction doesn't mean that we're ready to stop that now. I think that we're, we're enjoying us. I'm enjoying myself too much with that, I think. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, and, and, you know, as I said, it, it, it gets kids that wouldn't ordinarily be able to even get to you guys um, to be able to, you know, have the experience of, you know, chatting with a master builder and building. Exactly. It's not just a Melbourne thing. It's really worldwide at this point and anyone can tune in uh, or even uh, they don't even have to tune in live. They can watch the videos later and they have that resource to get the pieces and they can build along with me. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah. And creating ma little master builders. <laughs> um, well, I guess this is a great spot to leave it. Uh, thank you very much for this interview. It has been awesome chatting with you uh, about lego everything lego um is there anything you'd like to plug before we go i do have something to plug it, yes if you if you don't mind um yeah thanks so much for having me greg i i it was great to meet you over over zoom yep. and uh hopefully we get to meet in the flesh very soon fingers crossed for that yep. well i'm actually coming in because we've got a um pass to come in someone gave it to us for my son's birthday <laughs> They're like, yeah, you'll Amazing. like that. Yeah, so I will see yes, you very yes. soon. Um, we'll be open Thursday, the 4th of June. Um, so you can hop on the website and book in your time slot then. And hopefully I'll see you very soon. Yep. And last but not least, how can people follow you or see what you're up to? So uh, I do have an Instagram. Yes. Uh, it's Kieran M-M-B, K-I-E-R-A-N-M-M-B uh, on Instagram. And you can also follow uh, Legoland Discovery Center Melb and you'll find me on there as well. And I'll pop all that in the show notes. Uh, thank you very much, Kieran. Thanks, Greg. No worries. And you. <laughs> See you later. Thanks for listening to For the Love of Brick. We have plenty of great interviews coming up. So if you like this episode, please subscribe on Apple Podcast, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast fix. And don't forget to tell your friends. If you want to drop me a line or see what I'm up to, follow me on Facebook, Insta, and Twitter. Happy building, and remember, it's all for the love of brick. <laughs>